0: plushcare.com slash weight loss. I already said we were going to leave with that. So that's what we're going to do. Like I need you to remind me. The indignity of being nagged by a guy with a, an extreme ginger fetish, a guy that bangs a, a Ronald McDonald blow-up doll just to get his fix. Like life doesn't suck enough already. I got to hear him yapping, yep, 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 yap, yep. about crap I already said I was going to do. So let's do it. So first thing, I want to get out of the way before we do anything else, before we get this podcast underway, is that, well, I just wanted to say that pocket queen Pete Buttigieg, ah, crap, I am so sorry about that. I meant to say, Secretary Buttigieg, he is the best secretary of transportation ever, in the history of secretaries of transportation, here in the U.S., across the world, for that matter, on any planet anywhere, no one at any time in world history, on this world or any other, has ever, ever, ever done as spectacular job as Secretary Buttigieg's in running the U.S. Department of Transportation. Oh sure, you haters out there. You'll complain about dysfunctional airports and canceled flights, clogged ports of entry, broken, and let's not forget racist highways. But you're just blithering idiots for not appreciating no refusing to acknowledge Secretary Buttigieg's brilliance. He's playing 4D chess and you're barely attempting checkers. You need to sit down and shut up. Oh, and his husband, Chastin Buttigieg, he is not a from not low rent queen for Michigan. Not low-rent at all. When Chastin becomes the first lady of this great country he'll be so classy so elegant that he'll make Jackie Kennedy make her look like poor white trash fresh out of the trailer park that's how refined a first lady he'll be nothing absolutely nothing low rent about him whatsoever Okay, I think they've stopped listening. Sorry about that, folks. Hope I didn't freak any of you out. Hope I didn't scare too many of you with that. People out there like, what the what? What the hell? Has Miller been smoking crack with Hunter Biden? Uh, no. No crack whatsoever. Now, plenty of wine with Mama Frost. Don't get me wrong, but no crack with Hunter Biden ever. Look, I'm just trying to be proactive for the next time that I travel. I just got back from visiting Mama Frost for her birthday, and on the way down, going out of Manchester airport, and on the way back, flying out of Charlotte, both times. I got randomly selected for additional screenings. How random is it when 100% of the time I go to an airport, I get tagged for additional screenings? And what is the point of going through all the hoops you have to jump through to get TSA pre-check, to get global entry, which I have, If those perverts and clowns are just going to physically violate you anyway. So you still get groped. You just don't have to take your shoes off before they do it. So if I triggered you, sucking up to pocket queen Pete and Justin Buttigieg, that low rank queen from Michigan, that trashy queen from Michigan... It's only so I don't get manhandled the next time I try to fly. That queen has me on a list like Queen Kamala, what she keeps. I'm on the pocket queen Pete naughty list, so extra manhandling for me. And I know some of you queens out there, you're like, Oh hell, they can feel me up any time they want, but I'm not that kind of queen, especially with what gets assigned to touch me. And speaking of the Department of Transportation, don't even get me started on the road construction. Driving to her house, they're widening I-85. From the North Carolina-South Carolina border, from there through Gaffney, all the way down to Spartanburg, taking it from two lanes in each direction to three, and some moron thought that for this 30-something mile project, that ripping up, ripping everything up in both directions all at once was a great idea. Not, let's make one side a mess and then the other. Not, let's make a mess in 5 or 10 mile sections. No. Let's have 30 plus miles of torn up highways and concrete barriers in both directions. Let's make it as grossly unpleasant as possible for as long as possible. This is your government at work. This is the decision-making process only a government bureaucrat could make. Tearing up 30-plus miles of highways in both directions all at once. This is the decision-making process only a government bureaucrat could make. Setting up a TSA pre-check program to help people get through airport security a bit easier, then run them through additional screenings anyway. But what should I expect from a government that makes people wear masks outside when they're all alone with no one around? Not much, if anything. And before we jump into things, So, yes, I did survive my 48 hours with Mama Frost. I actually had a, well, I have to admit this, it was a good time. Still drank from the fire hose, but we had a good time. I just, I got to tell a quick story. So, on Saturday morning, we went out for a walk before we got our day underway before she got the fire hose out. And so we're out walking around. She lives in a one of those patio home communities for, well, it's mostly seniors, the old folks. And it's not that much to cover. So we wander around a bit, go into one of the adjoining neighborhoods. And so we're walking along. It's, a, it's an older neighborhood, but it's still a good neighborhood. Nice houses, big yards, typical Spartanburg houses. But as we're walking along, I see not one, not two, but three, three cars parked in someone's yard. And when I say parked in someone's yard, I don't mean pulled up along the street in the yard. I mean like, tried to pull in the driveway and completely missed. And there are three cars like that, parked in the middle of the yard, facing the house. And they're about equidistant between the street and the house. So they're really in the middle of the yard, these three cars. And the driveway is completely empty. And so, of course, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell? What kind of redneck avoids their driveway and parks in the middle of the yard? Puts three cars right in the middle of the yard. Not even next to each other, just randomly in the yard. Ignore the driveway, park in the yard. Now, I grew up in the South, so I know This sort of thing happens. Rednecks parking haphazardly in their front yard. But this, this is not one of those neighborhoods where that sort of thing happens. People in that area, in that part of town, they don't pull this kind of crap. They have driveways and they know how to use them. They know that cars on blocks and busted appliances, they are stored in the garage, not scattered about the front yard where everyone can see them. But then, folks, then I found my answer because on one of those cars, and I really should have taken a picture of this, but on one of those cars was a bumper sticker, and that bumper sticker said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it said something like, proud native Floridian. So I'm like, okay, now I get it. This makes perfect, perfect sense to me now. Of course, it would be a Floridian who decided that parking in the driveway was for losers. Of course, it would be a Floridian who would think that Parking your cars in the middle of the front lawn, that was a, a perfectly acceptable thing to do because that's how a Floridian rolls. That's a great parking job in Florida. And you folks from Florida, I know I give you a hard time. I know I give you a, a lot of grief, all of which you deserve, but I still love you. You're a crazy bunch, but you're a a lovable crazy bunch. And I wouldn't have a podcast without you folks. So keep on being you. You do you. So let's just go ahead and jump into things, folks. And our first story is from Best Life or bestlifeonline.com. Whatever your flavor. Four major medication shortages. That could affect you. These in-demand products are harder to find right now. And as an aside, I really hate the term best life. Oh, I'm living my best life. That's a, a millennial Gen Z phrase, if there ever was one. And if you have to run around saying that, oh, I'm living my best life, you're not. You're either lying to yourself, lying to everyone else, or a little bit of both. The young lady that cuts my hair, of course she's a millennial. She's very sweet, but she's a a stereotypical millennial. She loves that phrase. She'll ask me how I'm doing, and no matter how I answer, oh, you're living your best life. And I'm like, Uh, not really, but okay. And I'm not going to mention all four of these, but there is one. And this is a, a public service announcement to all you queens out there, especially you whorish queens, and you know who you are. But to you queens and to all you old geezers out there, especially you whoring geezers and you know who you are but to you old geezers living it up in a retirement community in Florida doubly especially if you live in the villages in Florida which I hear is like a a gay circuit party full of STDs and that's true folks swear to God That's true. Old people, some of these old folks in retirement, thinking that no one can get pregnant anymore. They're not using protection. So, And I forgot the last time I saw a news article on this, but there have been some real spikes in STDs in retirement communities. People fooling around, not being careful. Oops, here comes an STD or two. But to all you whores out there, especially to all you whores who aren't careful and you know who you are, there is allegedly, supposedly, possibly maybe a shortage of, ah, eh, crap. How the hell do I even pronounce this? Jen Tamison, G E N. T-A-M-I-C-I-N. Gentamicin, I I think. But however the hell you pronounce it, it's for gonorrhea. And two of the manufacturers of the gonorrhea medication don't expect that they will return to normal manufacturing and distribution rates until around the fall, like October through December. So, keep it covered, or keep it zipped, at least for a few more months. You've been warned, and remember, no crying over gonorrhea. Speaking of catching something, though, how's this from LGBTQ Nation? Those girls over at LGBTQ Nation. Gay and bisexual men reduce sexual partners to fight monkeypox exposure. Public health officials have been hesitant to suggest that queer men practice complete sexual abstinence to avoid the illness. No kidding. More than hesitant, more like terrified of being called mean names by the hysterical professional gay class and so the CDC the feckless CDC run by the ever incompetent Rochelle impending doom Walensky they surveyed a bunch of gays full-time gays like white boy Malcolm X and me and part-time gays the bisexuals like Ronan Rubenstein our favorite bisexual, here on the Miller Podcast. And in this survey, they found that 48% of respondents have reduced their number of sexual partners, 50% have reduced their number of one-night stands, and 49% reduced the amount of sex they had with men that they'd met through hookup apps like grinder and Scruff, so like from what, 10 partners a week to nine, maybe eight, speaking of which, again, there was an article, it was out of the UK, I was going to talk about it a few shows back, wound up changing my mind, and of course now, I can't find the actual numbers. But they had a stat, and I may get this wrong, but I think it was like, even with all the monkeypox crap going on, those horny queens in England, some of them had like at least 10 sexual partners within the last month or so. It was something crazy like that. I just remember thinking, damn, you queens are busy. When the hell do you have time to do anything else? I guess they're good at multitasking or something. So now, I've warned you horny active queens about two things. A shortage of gonorrhea medication and you may have to work just a little bit harder to get laid. Just a little though, not too much. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. From Boston.com, Feds say MBTA didn't violate equity rules with Orange Line shutdown. Since the line closure won't last more than 12 months, the t Wasn't required to complete an equity analysis ahead of time, a spokesperson said. Talk about a dumpster fire. Talk about a a train wreck, literally a train wreck from hell. Talk about what did I say earlier? The decision making process only a government bureaucrat could make. So here in Boston, We have this decrepit piece of crap subway system, which was designed by blithering idiots or sadists or both. But we have like four subway lines, red, orange, blue, and green. They have a silver line, but it's all buses. So it's a fake subway line. You're like, Oh, the silver line. Nope, it's a bus. But whoever put these lines together, they did it so you can't take a train from the red line and drop it on the orange line. You know, if you were having train issues, like in New York or even Atlanta, where you can drop any train onto any track and it runs not here in Boston, it either works on that line or it doesn't work at all. A good bit of the time, the latter. And of course, no one bothers to maintain anything. So recently, the Orange Line, we've had derailments, we've had train fires, literally trains catching on fire. We've had a A grand gay old time watching this thing implode in slow motion. And so, the federal government had to come in and they basically said, you clowns need to clean your act up or else. You either get your crap together or we're sending pocket queen Peaton here to straighten you out. Not exactly that, but that's the gist of it. And so here, the MBTA, those feckless clowns running the MBTA, which, by the way, stands for Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority, they decided to shut down one of the major subway lines in this city for a month to get everything repaired and up to snuff, because I guess otherwise... They can't bother to get their job done. Have to shut the whole damn thing down to do it. And this being Boston, some grievance group, lawyers for civil rights, they ran to the feds crying and complaining because the MBTA neglected to perform a required equity analysis before shutting down the orange line. They said it was illegal and discriminatory. But it's okay, folks, because equity analysis, they aren't required if the service change is temporary and would not be longer than 12 months. They just want a payday. In my opinion, they just want a payday. They want themselves a huge pile of Benjamins screaming racism over a temporary shutdown of a subway line. Which is a joke in more ways than one, but what a joke. What is equity to the woke folk? Everyone equally miserable. If they can't have it, no one can have it. But what else do they mean by equity? It sometimes means the woke folk getting paid, getting them some Benjamins. We need equity. That usually means give us some Benjamins. And with the entire subway line shut down, I'd have to say everyone here, they're all equally miserable. Whitey, Evil, racist, whitey. They're not getting out of this any better than the BIPOC folk. So I guess they just want the Benjamins. Of course they do. From ESPN, Buffalo Bills release punter Matt Areza. And I know I just butchered the hell out of that kid's name. I have no idea how to pronounce that. But we'll go with Areza. Matt, if you're out there, I apologize for butchering the hell out of your last name. But anyway, Buffalo Bills released punter Matt Areza in wake of gang rape lawsuit. Speaking of train wrecks, punter Matt Areza, and again, I know I'm mangling the hell out of his last name, so we'll just call him Matt from here on out. But punter Matt here, kid I think is 22 years old, I think the Bills made him their starting kicker, basically right out of college. I think it's his first year in the NFL, the woke NFL. And I guess a few days before he got canned, he got sued, it's a civil lawsuit, saying that He and two of his former teammates from San Diego State, their football team, that the three of them allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, gang-raped a 17-year-old minor. The three of them are accused of rape, gender violence, and false imprisonment. Now, first off, let me just say this. Before we get too far into it if he did this I hope he goes to jail for a long time a very long time and I hope he gets a taste for what he did to her if he did it to her well he's too young for me but he's a a cute little 22 year old so I have little doubt He'll have himself a a grand gay old time in prison, whether he likes it or not. But this is what has me a bit confused. Here's the pull quote that has me, I guess, scratching my head. And it's way down, way, way, way down in paragraph 19. It took 19 paragraphs a preamble and gossip to get to this. A criminal investigation is ongoing into the alleged events as well as an investigation by San Diego State under the California State University system-wide policy. So the police, Popo, they're still investigating this. San Diego State is still investigating this. He hasn't been charged with anything. Whatever happened to the presumption of innocence until proven guilty? Whatever happened to that as a concept? And again, if he's guilty, if he actually did this, I hope they rain hell down on him like no other. But he's being crucified he just lost his job because some chick is suing him civilly for rape. There's not even a criminal charge yet. She's just her and her strip mall lawyer are trying to cash out early by going after him in civil court where the burden of proof is lower. And they basically shame the bills into firing this guy, called them enablers For having him on their team. Nothing has been proven. In any court. Criminal or civil. But the bills. Are enabling a rapist. On their team. Which for the NFL. As an aside. I don't know why they suddenly decided. To start clutching their pearls. Given some of the more. Infamous cases. They all too easily look past. And don't give me this, all women should be believed crap. Especially you leftists out there who enabled sexual harasser and rapist Bill Clinton for years, who looked away from Tara Reid, accusing creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer of sexual assault, calling them all liars and sluts. And go ask those kids on the Duke Lacrosse team about false rape accusations. Go ask those fraternity kids at the University of Virginia about false rape accusations. Hell, go ask Johnny Depp about false accusations. Now, I really didn't follow much of that drama, but I remember that Amber Heard, on the stand, under oath, She had accused him of either pushing Kate Moss or throwing her down a flight of stairs. And so Kate Moss, Skeletor the model, had to testify about it. And she was like, "Uh, no, that never happened. He never laid a hand on me. This rush to judgment thing, labeling this kid a rapist, firing him, throwing him off the team. It just infuriates the hell out of me. Pisses me off like no other. And I'm sorry, but this one just kind of raises a red flag for me. There is still an ongoing police investigation into the matter and her and her strip mall lawyer, they decided... Nah, don't want to wait for that. We're going after Benjamins right now. And I wouldn't be surprised because that attorney, her attorney, contacted the bills about it. And I wonder how that conversation went. Because I wouldn't be surprised if her strip mall lawyer, if they were like, we have this information, this damning information on your kicker, what's it worth to you for us to make this go away? But we'll find out soon enough if there's any evidence to criminally arrest him for this. If he did it, again, I hope they nail him to the wall for it. But if he's innocent, and this is all a a shakedown for Benjamin's, To paraphrase Raymond Donovan, Ronald Reagan's Secretary of Labor, who was the very first serving member of the cabinet to be indicted, had to resign over it after being charged with larceny and fraud, but who was ultimately found innocent. To paraphrase him, which office does he go to to get his reputation back? From Fox News, Florida police, bless their hearts, say man allegedly tried to purchase young girl from parents for one hundred thousand dollars at grocery store. The Florida man also allegedly attempted to buy a parents' eight-year-old daughter from a Walmart in 2018 for two hundred thousand dollars. This reminds me of the Blues Brothers. God, that was a lifetime ago. What was that, White Boy Malcolm X? Early 80s? You think? That sounds about right. I think it was John Belushi's character, or Dan Aykroyd's, one of the two, in the restaurant scene, How Much For The Little Girl. But this guy... Not a blues brother. His name is Helmuth Kolb. He is, get this, 85 years old. And while shopping at a a Port Orange Winn-Dixie a few weeks ago, back on the 16th of August, Helmuth here, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, he spied himself a little kitty an eight-year-old girl, and he was like, yummy, I want some of that. And so, he offered the mother $100,000 for her, to which she was like, uh, no, no thanks, you can take your $100,000 and shove it up your ass. Which at some point, she may reconsider when her sweet, precious little eight-year-old turns into a a hysterical, bratty 16-year-old. Then she'll be like, I should have sold your ass to that creepy pervert when I had the chance. So Popo, poor beleaguered Florida Popo, a few days ago on the 25th, nine days after this happened, they arrested Helmuth for being a creepy pervert. And I saw a picture of this clown, and he looks like the type of guy who would eye up an eight-year-old girl in a, well, I'll say, not appropriate manner. He's what I imagine Brian Stelter, creepy George Costanza, another one that looks like he'd be at home standing outside an elementary school playground, wearing a trench coat, rubbing himself, and those kiddies. But Helmuth here, that's how I imagine creepy George Costanza, how he'll look when he gets to 85. And this is not Helmuth, his first rodeo, trying to buy a kid. Back in 2018, At a Walmart. Of course, a Florida Walmart. What crazy doesn't happen at a Florida Walmart? Helmuth here, he offered another woman $100,000 for her eight-year-old girl. But when he got rebuffed, she was like, Oh, hell no. I am not selling you my kid for $100,000. Again, You might want to reconsider that. He started the bidding process, bidding against himself, I guess, and got all the way up to $200,000, doubling his initial offer. No idea how his pricing model works. What makes one eight-year-old $100,000 and another one worth bidding up to $200,000? So you find folks in Florida, you lovable, quirky folks in Florida, be on the lookout for Helmuth. I know it may be hard to pick out this weirdo among a sea of weirdos and freaks down there, especially if you're out shopping in a a Winn-Dixie or a Walmart, but be on guard just in case. And seriously, depending on what brat is living with you, what hysterical brat is living with you, you might want to, maybe possibly, well, we'll just leave it at that. And for our last story, folks, it's from Fox Business. California heat wave to stress power grid caused potential blackouts, officials say. California will ban sale of new gas-powered vehicles by 2035. So I'm not the only one who's entertained by this disastrous eco-virtue signaling, banning gas-powered cars, forcing everyone to buy electric and plug those fancy new electric cars into a power grid That can't keep the lights on now. And how's this for a pull quote? Should grid conditions deteriorate, the ISO may issue a series of emergency notifications to prepare the public for possible energy shortages and the operator expects to call for voluntary conservation via flex alerts over the weekend. May issue my ass. Too late. How's this from the Washington Examiner? Californians asked to keep AC at 78 and Nick's electric vehicle charges to spare grid. So they can't keep the lights on now. Not even supposed to charge your fancy new electric cars this weekend. But I guess with all that magical thinking, those clowns out in California are doing, somehow, some way, maybe possibly, everything is going to be A-OK in 2035 when this law, this stupid law, banning gas-powered cars comes into full effect, which it won't be, which is why, by I'll wager 2028, Maybe 2029. This law, their magical thinking date of 2035, it gets revised to 2050 or beyond. And I look this up. Right now in California, approximately 15% of car sales are electric, just 15%. So on average, It's not completely unreasonable to extrapolate that 15% of cars on California roads are electric. Needing electricity off that rickety, unreliable power grid. What's that going to look like at 20%, 25%, 50%? I'll tell you what it's going to look like. A train wreck on top of a dumpster fire. You know what, folks? You can't fix this kind of stupid, this magical thinking that thinks that you can solar panel and windmill your way out of this. You can't. You just can't. Sorry about that. I know it's triggering to some of you out there. But that's reality. No magical thinking. Reality. Like the reality that all we're doing here is transferring pollution. We're not saving anything. We're just transferring pollution to something else or somewhere else. And I would laugh at this, but they're so dumb here in Massachusetts they want to become the California of the Northeast. We have our very own band, A Merry idiots, with their own magical thinking, banning the sale of gas-powered cars. Although they're so dumb up here, they'll let you go buy a car, a gas-powered car in New Hampshire, drive it across the border, and they'll let you register the car here, You just can't buy it here, but you can import it from a sane state. And these morons, just like they are in California, they too think that they can solar panel and windmill their way to a oh-so-green power grid. And they can't. And Massachusetts will become as Big a mess as California at some point down the road. Just as long as I can sell my house. Get the hell out of here before it implodes. So on that note, since I cannot top these blithering idiots in California trying to magically think their way to a oh so green power grid Even if they can't keep the lights on and are telling people who own electric cars not to charge them, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug-pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Labor Day edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined as always by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend, an enjoyable Labor Day holiday, and we'll see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care.